Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is a Friday. It is week seven. We saw a game that had more than 12 points uh, scored by the victor last night. And we got a giant trade. And you know what? The three of us are together, which I feel like hasn't happened in... Um, Maybe this month, I don't know. It's, it's been, been a, a couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks. How are you guys doing? No, it's it seems like it should have been Friday for the last four days. It's been a long week. Yeah. But every week seems like that nowadays. It's the football season. We're halfway through the fantasy season after this weekend. It's just grinding and grinding and grinding. And my computer seems to have this crazy pop-up on it now that keeps telling me I've got a virus was on a fantasy football website and I think I caught something. I, I, my computer's acting like Bruning. You caught yeah, no, virus I've, fever? I mean, I've caught some kind of virus. It's nothing from my computer though, but you know. I don't know what my computer's doing cuz I used to have an icon that told me the weather, which I'm pretty sure I set and now it's switched to showing me the Dow Jones industrial average. I only care about the weather. I don't I don't know what's going on. Well, mine was just showing me the Dow a minute ago and now it's showing me the weather, so maybe it's just it's Microsoft back and forth at whatever it feels like you should know at that particular time. Well, I don't know how the Dow's doing, but I know the Cardinals got a win awesome. last night. <laughs> 42 to 34 over the New Orleans Saints. 
The Saints, uh, we'll start with them. They they lost. They're now two and five on the season. Do you guys think they can get back in the playoff race? Should they be moving toward a rebuild? So I think they have to approach it like they they're getting back in the race. Their cap situation is so bad that that when they when they deem that it's over, it's gonna be worse than Atlanta. Um, I know every year they go through these, you know, machinations and, and create cap space to keep their people, but it's getting worse and worse and worse. They've kicked it down the road. And I think they're getting to the point where when it finally comes time to pay the piper, it's, it's going to be bad. They're going to be, you know, worse than Houston, worse than Atlanta. And hopefully, they do, you know, they make that decision before they uh, all of their um, good players that they can trade away are uh, expired contracts are already left in free agency. They need to to get it going. I say they commit to it this year, and if it, they don't make it this year, then then it's probably time for a rebuild. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about this, I think, on Wednesday. I just think they need to go all in. It doesn't have to be like a full tear it down to the studs rebuild because they still have some very good players, but I don't think they're making the playoffs this year, and even if they do, they're not a good enough team to compete. Uh, It's not one of those just get into the playoffs and see what happens kind of teams like the New York Giants were uh, twice. Uh, I just think that they've got to do something. I don't know that means you have to trade Kamara or Lattimore, but you've got to make some moves to get yourself some extra picks. I think you've just got to determine your direction at this point and and go for it. You got to stop doing these like half rebuilds because mm-hmm. I think that's actually as as Dennis mentioned. I feel like that's kind of put them more behind than some of these teams that just leaned into it. And now all of a sudden, Texas looks like they're probably the Texans look like they're going to be back sooner than we thought. They've got some good players there. I really feel like if they just get themselves a quarterback and like maybe a couple more pieces on defense and a wide receiver, they're going to be fine which is not something I think we were talking about last year, right? We were talking about mm-hmm. last year before even Davis Mills played. Well, like, oh, God, the Texans aren't going to be good until 2030. And now there's a chance for them to be good in the next couple of years. I think an even better blueprint is probably Atlanta, which you mentioned cap yeah. out. Maybe I think New Orleans probably is at the point in time where they need to take their medicine like Atlanta. Yeah. That They don't have that many. You know, Dennis, I thought you raised a fair point before their players are no longer great tradable assets. Michael Thomas – was good for two games in his return and just can't stay on the field. You probably are looking at Kamara and Lattimore as the only realistic strong veteran pieces that you could move and get something back for and that somebody else might actually want. Well, they could probably get something for uh, Hayward, uh, not Hayward, uh, Cam Jordan. Um, you know, he's got some value. If they're really tearing it down, you know, Pete Warner's really hot right now. He's come on. So they've got some defensive pieces. It's it's just a situation that you know they're going to end up, you know, next year or the year after they're looking at a thirty or forty percent of their salary cap being dead cap. Yeah, and sometimes just pack it all into one year, like the Falcons are doing. And yep. All right. On the flip side. DeAndre Hopkins returns from a six-game suspension, catches 10 passes for 103 yards. Matt, he looked really good last night. 
is this a blueprint for what we're going to see the rest of the year? Yeah, I, I feel like that. He, they Cardinals have shown us that. Kyler Murray has shown us that. When D-Hop's on the field, he only has eyes for D-Hop. I, I think Ertz will have better days than what he had yesterday. The Saints have actually been pretty good against the tight end all season. So I, I wasn't expecting Ertz to be that bad. But I, I think he'll be fine moving forward. I think really the player that's probably hurts more is, is Rondale Moore, who I think, at least I, had some hope after two good games that maybe he was finally going to start getting involved in this offense. And I feel like it's going to be D hop being hyper-targeted again. So if, if you, you know, picked him up in a redraft or all this time that you've been holding them on your contenders, if you're still a contending team, like you've got to be thrilled with the usage he got in game one. Cause I think that just continues throughout the rest of the season. I have so many shares of Deandre Hopkins that I was, that I went and drafted in the redraft leagues that I'm in. And I've just been sitting on them and sitting on them. And man, I was having a great time on Sunday night and Monday night, just sliding him into the lineup going, you know, he got dorched. That sucked. But, uh, you know, he needs to get, get the touchdowns. But man, yeah, it's good to see DeAndre Hopkins back. I think Matthew Barry is the one that had the the tweet that we've never seen a game with this many points that had this many wasted points. You had Juwan Johnson and Taysom Hill scoring touchdowns, two defensive touchdowns for the Cardinals. Keontae Ingram, Greg Dortch, who caught literally one ball all right. season. They remembered, hey, he's on the roster. Hey, let's let's screw everyone else over. I hope you're right about Zach Ertz, though, because that um, he had been the most bankable part of their offense. That was a little disappointing last night. Well, we're going to jump into the rest of the week seven games, and we normally do the games in order. But this week we have shifted the order a little bit because there was more than just a game last night. There was also a massive trade where the Carolina Panthers sent Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers for what seems like all of their picks. I think it was a second, third, fourth rounder this year and a fifth rounder next year. So we're going to look at the games involving those teams and we will start with the three and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the one and five Carolina Panthers. We'll start with the Buccaneers first. Five of their six games, they've scored less than 21 points. Matt, are the Carolina Panthers the tonic they need to get this offense going? Yeah, I think yeah, this is uh, this is that get right game as uh, they talk about in college football when you know Tennessee comes off just beating Bama and then they play UT Martin to make sure that they don't have to worry about getting upset the week after that. That's what Carolina Panthers are for everybody right now. They are uh, just not a good team. It makes sense why they shipped off Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, we just talked about the Saints needing to go in. Carolina knows what they're doing there. We just need to go all lean all into this. Uh, rumors are going to get rid of Brian Burns, DJ Moore next. Like uh, they're, they're tearing it down to the studs. I, I think they'll still be competitive in the sense that like, they're not going to like not put up points. And I do think they'll be out there and trying to win, but yeah, this should be a get right game for anybody that plays them the rest of the season. Anything add in this? No, the, uh, the 10 and a half point spread, I picked Tampa Bay plus 10 and a half, but I didn't feel good about it. That's the same way I felt about the Rams last week. They managed to cover it. Tampa Bay, please get your offense correct. 
On the flip side, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey is gone. Robbie Anderson, he was gone before the game ended last week, but he is also officially gone. Not that you would have noticed based on his Arizona Cardinal production. Matt Rule is also gone. Dennis, what do you expect from this Carolina Panthers team? Well, against Tampa, I'm not expecting a lot. Um, You know, I'm anxiously waiting for the return of uh, Sam Darnold. Um, he is, he will not get activated this week. They did announce that. So this is a PJ Walker experience once yep, again. Uh, I'm aware, but, uh, no, I mean, honestly, it, as wild as it seems, Darnold seems like he might be the, the savior for, for this team. Um, not that he's going to lead them to, to, to a lot of wins. I just feel like he's, he gives them a chance to play respectively. The, uh, the running back room, you know, I I think that we're all leaning really heavily into uh, Deontay Foreman being the guy carrying the load, but him and Hubbard kind of do a lot of the same things and Hubbard brings some explosion. So I think you got to take a wait and see if you're playing either one of those guys, you're, you're playing them nervously, especially when it comes up against Tampa Bay and a pretty good defense uh, and no real passing offensive note to take the pressure off uh, the offensive line. It's going to be it's going to be an offensive struggle. Um, I'm not expecting. To, uh, I've got to start uh, Foreman in a couple spots. I, I just don't really have any options. And on a, I'll be honest, if I get six points out of it, I'm going to consider it a win. So outside of desperation, I'm going to pose this to both of you before we pick the game. We had talked about for a couple of weeks, Christian McCaffrey was about the only one you felt good starting out of the Panthers. Now that he's gone, is there a Panther you feel like happy that you're putting in your lineup? No. I mean, even DJ Moore, as bad as the quarterback has been, you just, it it seemed like for years you could always count on Moore getting 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. And you can't even count on that this year. Um, Steve Wilkes is putting his big foot down, and uh, we'll see. Maybe that rallies the team. Uh, I'd like to see them play with heart. Uh, I do think they they kind of had checked out on Matt Rule. They could see the writing on the wall. Um, but there's going to be guys who are playing for next the next contract and the next team, and they're going to be wanting to get some good uh, good tape on uh, tape down and. They're just so under talented, and and I think, you, you know, it's going to be the bye weeks that force you to have to bye weeks and injuries are going to force you into putting uh, Carolina Panthers in your lineup. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable starting Donta Foreman, but we have seen like he's with volume can be productive. So he he's a guy that like maybe is in like low end flex consideration most weeks. The only other one I feel comfortable starting is like in two weeks, DJ Moore, because he's going to be on another team. So at that point, it doesn't matter. But that's, that's the really deal for. free DJ Moore. I'm taking the Please. Buccaneers. Me too. Same. Yeah. 
I was waiting. I thought you were going to go. No, 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 no. This kicks off the six-game winning streak for the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, the other team involved in that trade, the San Francisco 49ers, are playing a afternoon window game that is one of the better games and one of the more important games for both teams. The 4-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs head into San Francisco to battle the 3-3 three three 49ers. Both teams are tied atop their respective divisions. Dennis, we'll start with the Chiefs as the visitors. It's a tough defense, but uh, do you still expect Patrick Mahomes to get it done? You know, it's going to be a a great matchup, and I'd feel a lot better if Mahomes had more reliable weapons outside of Kelsey. You know, San Francisco gives up the second fewest points. Um, They're very strong against the run and the pass. So, with the Niners giving up the second fewest yards to tight ends, six fewest fantasy points to tight ends. The one reliable offensive option that Kansas city has uh, San Francisco is one of the best against that position. And so that's going to be a great matchup. I feel like it's going to be a crap shoot. Kansas city is going to have points, but it's going to be a crap shoot where they're going to come from. Mahomes is going to do Mahomes things. He's going to make some throws. To me, it feels like a three touchdown, three interception kind of game for Mahomes. And then we need Kansas City's defense to step up and make some plays. You know, I don't think if McCaffrey plays, I don't think he's going to play very much. Um, they they it, are saying got a he, ton of other weapons. The, the report today is that San Francisco does plan to play him. That was a big question, predominantly in red zone packages, which does nothing to uh, to us as we're trying to make a fantasy decision. Right. Yeah. I've completely forgot what the question was. I just blinked. It was about the Chiefs. I'm hoping oh. personally for the third 11-10 game in the history of the NFL. <laughs> They'll be fine. Uh, the Chiefs. Where we go? Where we go? Uh, I do think Mahomes will be fine. Offense will be fine. I'm not, I don't trust anyone in the backfield, but I still think Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. On the flip side, CMC is here, and as I just said, they they say they are planning to play him predominantly in red zone packages. So uh, we'll start with you, Matt. How do you feel about CMC going there, and what does this do? For, for the offense, for Jeff Wilson, for Elijah Mitchell, who is potentially coming off IR soon? Whew, that's a loaded question. So how do I feel about that for Christian McCaffrey? I think it's fine. We always talk about how we want the running back in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Now he probably just got one of the most intriguing running backs in all of college football in all of the NFL. So I think Christian McCaffrey will be fine. I think Kyle Shanahan will find a way to get him what I would call is like important touches. Like uh, he's not going to run him up the middle 30 times a game. He'll find ways to get the ball in his hand in screens outside uh, to get him, to get him going. Like, I think they will find ways to spell Christian McCaffrey to try and keep him healthy, but also getting, you just mentioned he'll be in on the red zone. That's important, especially for us in fantasy. Cause that means it's going to increase his chance in getting touchdowns. I think you're still playing him this week, even though I don't think he's going to be super involved because he has never been in the kind of offense that Kyle Shanahan is running. So I imagine it's going to be, I don't want to say difficult to learn, but it's, I I don't think he's going to learn it in two days. I I think it's going to take a little bit longer than that. As smart as that man is, did go to Stanford. 
What does it mean for the rest of this team? I think it means unless Christian McCaffrey's hurt, you're probably screwed if you're holding on to any of those guys. I know they came out and they said that Elijah Mitchell is a core piece. You don't trade for CMC if you think Elijah Mitchell is a core piece, uh, personally. Uh, they drafted him in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Like six, he's, yeah. six. he's been good. There's no reason to like – it's not like they went traded for Donta Foreman off the Carolina Panthers. They got Christian McCaffrey. He is seriously one of the best running backs. So I, I think Elijah Mitchell, I don't want to say he's done, but he's not going to come back and get the workload he had before. Now you're going to get half of that. It's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Jeff Wilson, all those other guys, I, I like. I think you, this is your last week. If you didn't sell on him, do what you can. Maybe Jeff Wilson gets out there and gets 20 carries. You can be like, see, look, Jeff, Jeff's still the guy. Christian McCaffrey's going to work with him and you try and sell him. But I mean, it, realistically, in my opinion, unless Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, I don't see any of those guys dominating the workload at all. I think it's going to, I know we see it's, it's typically a rotation in San Francisco, but I feel like it's going to be more of like a 50 and then, like, maybe it's Wilson when Mitchell comes back, whomever, both getting, like, 25% of the split. Like, I think McCaffrey's going to be, again, the important touches. I Like, the receiving work, all of that, which is what you want in this offense. So, look, Tom Brady had a rotation until Giselle came along. So, I the days of the rotation in San Francisco are coming to an end hard and fast. Christian McCaffrey will get all of the work that he wants. The other guys, you stash them on your bench because it's only been, you know, we're, we're literally nine months removed from McCaffrey playing 10 out of 34 games over a two-year span. So, and he's what now, 26, 27, maybe push 27, I think. <laughs> you talking about McCaffrey? Yeah. I'll look it up for you. So, if I can go out and buy Mitchell dirt cheap from a – disenchanted owner and stash him on my bench as depth. Maybe I don't use him at all this year. But He's 26. He turned 26 in June. So he'll be 27 going into next year. He's had two very, very bad injury plague seasons. I think he's going to be fine this year. But if he's not, they're going to play Mitchell over Wilson. It'll be more of a 60-40 split with the two of them. We know they like Wilson. But with McCaffrey, it's going to be a lot more slanted towards McCaffrey. Uh, as much as we like what, quote-unquote, any back can do in that system, Christian McCaffrey is not any back. He's an exceptional back. It wouldn't surprise me if they put in eight goal line plays is the package that they have, and they run those plays when they're on their own 10-yard line because Christian McCaffrey can break that crease and take it 40, 50 yards on a goal line play once he gets through the line. I I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be weird to see him in another uniform. Um, but I think you stash the guys and wait and see what happens with his health. And if not, you're playing McCaffrey and he's going to be, he's probably going to finish the year as the RB one if he stays healthy. I'm not as bullish, I guess, uh, as you guys are because McCaffrey does a lot of his damage in the passing game, and we haven't seen San Francisco 
have a big pass catching running back. I also wonder if yeah, they do. They've got Debo Samuel. He's probably well, one of the best. So players there again, best in the NFL sets it at odds. I, I, not as bullish on him for fantasy. I think it's great for San Francisco. It probably solidifies them and their playoff run. And they, it's great from an NFL perspective. They have a pretty deep um, offensive lineup now because they have three good receivers counting Kittle. Plus they have McCaffrey. The other thing is half of Debo's fantasy value was getting big work out of the backfield. You know, how does it change roles? I'm just not convinced there's enough touches in their offense for all of them. So the one thing I'll say on that is I agree with you. Like they haven't done it in San Francisco, but when he had a running back that was actually a decent pass catcher and Devonta Freeman in, in, in Atlanta, he got a ton of catches. I don't think he's ever really had the guy that he can trust that way here. Like Jeff Wilson's okay. Elijah Mitchell's okay. Raheem Mostert. Like, I don't think he's that good of a receiver. I, I think it changes a little bit as much crap as I've kind of given Kyle Shanahan earlier this year. I do think for the most part, like he knows how to scheme players of all. We see that with Debo, right? You just mentioned like what now, what does that do to Debo's value? A guy who they are not afraid to use in the backfield. I think this move was more of a fact. And I know this is going to sound a little crazy because it's a running back. I think this was more of a move to help Jimmy G be able to manage the offense in the fact of they feel like they have a Super Bowl team and you add a guy like Christian McCaffrey in there, it's just another player for for Jimmy G to just be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly and let players like CMC go to work. Because they can manufacture touches for a guy like CMC. Like I said, they can do quick screens. CMC doesn't even have to line up in the backfield. Could you imagine – if you're sitting there, CMC's lined up behind, say, Jimmy G, right? You got Debo in the slot, and Jimmy G starts making a motion, calls a different play, and all of a sudden Debo comes into the backfield and CMC goes into the slot. There's so many different things that this offense can do now, and I do think it makes it, like, I think where, I don't disagree with your argument, but I'm, I'm a little bit, I guess, hopeful, is these defenses can't come in now and say, oh, I've just got to stop Debo and George Kittle and I'm fine. Because if they do that, CMC is going to burn you. And I think that makes Brandon Ayuk even a little bit more dangerous now too, because he's kind of the fourth weapon. That's a pretty good fourth weapon to have. But the, so I guess in that sense, it reminds me of the situation with the Eagles, what we talked about with Brown and Smith and Goddard and Sanders. There's no way all four of them are delivering for you every week. Right. It's two, maybe three. So, and that, and I think it's going to rotate around, and that's probably the fantasy concern I have. I can see that. I, I don't think it will. I think it's going to be Debo CMC. I think we've seen Kittle is kind of faded to begin with. Now, whether that was because of injuries, I think some of it's been a little bit of usage as well. Like, I think it's going to be more they're going to do everything they can to make this offense revolve around Debo and CMC. Last thing before we, we pick – do either of you guys think they potentially trade Elijah Mitchell? There's been some talk that maybe he gets moved. I don't know what they can move him for right now. Since they have no draft picks. They actually yeah. do, which is kind of insane. They're getting, I think it's six picks, compensatory third-round picks back because of all the coaches they've lost. Yeah, yeah but they only have a couple of them left. Somebody ticked off. I think they have one third, one fourth, one fifth left. Oh um, man, that might be all you need with the team that they have. You're not going to get that for Elijah Mitchell though. I don't even think you get a second for Elijah Mitchell. No, you you're 
you're looking at probably a, a sixth, maybe a yeah. fifth at best, if if you trade Mitchell away. But Mitchell's got to prove that he's healthy and can stay healthy. Yeah. I am taking the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, same. I'll take the Chiefs. I'm taking the Niners. Oh, Dennis believes in the trade mojo. Well, now back to our regularly scheduled rest of week seven, and unless another massive trade happens in the next five minutes while we're on the air. And I'm not putting anything out of the realm of possibility. The three and three Atlanta Falcons are at the three and three Cincinnati Bengals. Matt, are the Falcons actually potential playoff contenders in the NFC? I mean, yes, because the uh, the division is so bad. Like that's that's the real answer right there. Um, I don't think it's good for them to be, but I do think that they are. They're playing well. We talked about this Wednesday. It's why I thought Desmond Ritter landing there was a perfect spot for him. We've just seen Arthur Smith knows how to get the most out of these quarterbacks who like have some athleticism can run, but may not quite be the passers that we think they'll be. Um, obviously we'd love in the fantasy community to see that go more through Drake London and Kyle Pitts. It has not been, but it's been succeeding and working. I don't think that they're one of the best teams in the NFC, but could I see them making the playoffs? I actually could. I mean, we talked about it all this preseason when we did all of our picks and everything, right? Like we talked about the NFC is kind of just a weaker conference right now. And so they have a chance, I think, to win this division because of how bad Tampa Bay has been. If they continue to win games, they'll be in the wild card. I would not be surprised. I think, Matt, you said this when we talked about um, – we picked our games. You said you would not be surprised if we see a team get in that's like under 500 in the wild card. Would that shock you if it's the Atlanta Falcons with the way they're playing? Because it wouldn't me. Yeah, they're having the season I thought the Saints were going to have. Apparently, they just did a freaky Friday. Uh Dennis, for the Bengals, they come in tied atop the AFC North trying to get it together. You know you're starting Burrow, Chase, and Mixon, but how are you feeling about Higgins, Boyd, and Hurst these days? Well, I believe Higgins is off the injury report, and if that's the case, he's good to go. You're going to put him in your lineup. Uh, preseason, I felt like uh, he, him and Chase both could finish top 12, and I'm standing by that. Uh, at least on a points-per-game basis, given that he's missed a couple. Uh, so I like Higgins. Boyd is more of a wild card. He, he's good. He, it, it's a situation where, I mean, there's only so many passes that Joe Burrow can make, and Boyd is that third option uh, when it comes to the wide receivers. He's a really good player, just probably – more consistent for the NFL than he is for fantasy. If if you're in buys and you're forced to start Boyd, you're just praying for a touchdown so you can get to nine or ten points. Uh, I like him as a player a lot. I think he's really good. Uh, Hurst, on the other hand, Hurst is tight end 11 on the season. Um, I, I think you can do just fine. He's just as good as anybody else in that you know, swath of 10 or 12 tight ends that could finish between 12 and or between eight and 16. And he's on a high powered offense. And so in there, in that situation, you're looking for somebody who's on a team with passing volume. So you're, you know, if you punted tight end, it might be a decent week um, to play Hurst. Maybe they get up and they're not throwing the ball and they're resting starters and it bites you in the ass. 
or maybe they're resting the wide receivers, and therefore Hurst gets a little bit of extra work. Um, I like Hayden Hurst. I think he's having a good year. But he could get you three, or he could get you 13. I think this year it might be a swath of tight ends that could finish between a swath of 30 tight ends that could finish between tight end three and tight end 24. I am taking the Bengals. As so am I. Football fans, so the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. It's never a good sign when we have this many sweeps. Uh, next up, another fun, potentially offensive game. The one and four Detroit Lions, fresh off of a bye, traveled to Dallas to take on the four and two deck. Prescott led Cowboys. Dennis, the Lions had the number one offense through the first four weeks and then kind of hit the skids against the Patriots before going into the bye. Amon Ross back. It looks like Swift might be back. Is this offense going to get back on track? So wait, the 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 high flying offense of the Detroit Lions lost their starting running back and their top three wide receivers, and then they didn't produce much on offense. Oh no. Um now, I, I think, you know, Amon Ra is safe. They You know, the core of this offense is the offensive line, and so far it's intact. Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell are playing really well on the outside. They have a, a, a strong offensive line that keeps Jared Goff clean, gives him an opportunity to make plays. With Amon Ra St. Brown back, he's going to probably have one of these 10, 12, 14 target games. Um, Josh Reynolds is still iffy. Uh, I think he's headed towards a game time decision. If Reynolds is out, you know, then it, it gets kind of sketchy on the the Lions wide receivers. And I feel like you know, Swift should be back. He's been out for a few weeks. I, I think he's due back. And if he is, my concern is that they might try to take it easy on him and play Jamal Williams more than they should. Um, but I, I like that offense to to make some strides, but they're going up against a pretty good defense in Dallas. Jared Goff is all you need. Uh, Swift is officially questionable, but I, like you, I'm hoping he plays. Matt, on the flip side, Dak Prescott is back. We'll start. You excited to see him? Yeah, I mean, I, Cooper Rush has not been bad outside of, obviously, this past week against Philadelphia, which I guess was kind of expected, right? The the carriage finally turned to a pumpkin kind of thing, Uh was was a midnight struck on Cinderella kind of scenario there. Uh, Dak, I don't expect him to be incredible this week coming back. It does seem like every once in a while it takes these guys a week or so to get going, but I think it's great for CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup to get going. You know, 
Dalton Schultz probably should have sat this entire time instead of going out there and playing so that he would be healthy as well with Dak coming back. But I do think it's just a great thing for a Dallas team that's, you know, competing for the division has been much better than at least I expected them to be with Cooper Rush at quarterbacks. Yeah, I think it's just nothing but good news for Dallas. I do think he'll probably be good. Detroit Lions still currently number 32 in yards allowed and points allowed. I am taking the Cowboys. I think they're going to ride that running game right down Detroit's throat, man. This is a great week to start Zach or Zeke. Give me the Lions. Or Zach. I mean, maybe you're playing the – isn't Zach Martin the Cowboys guard? Maybe you're in an all, all guards league. Maybe. Next up, the 3-3 three and three Green Bay Packers at the 2-4 and four Washington Commanders. Matt? The Packers offense, can they get it going? And uh, more importantly, will they remember Aaron Jones is actually their best player? Uh, Probably not. Um, You're still starting him, unfortunately. I do think that the offense will get going. I think this was just a mistake on the Packers part in the fact that they had that London game, which we've seen a lot of teams go over there and struggle. I know the NFL wants to make fetch happen. It's not happening, and they really should probably stop that. But regardless... We've seen a lot of teams go over there and struggle, and then they were actually given the option to take a bye week that week and decided not to. They thought the New York Jets were going to be a good bye. That did not work out. The Jets kind of showed them up on that. So I think give it another week or so, and they'll get going. Um, Rodgers, I think, is just too talented. He definitely seems uninterested at times in playing for the Green Bay Packers, but there are other times you can see kind of like the old Aaron Rodgers, and he has that fire in him still. So I think that they will be fine. And Washington... While they may not be the get-right games that the Carolina Panthers are, they're pretty darn close to that. I think Green Bay will get it going again this week against the, the Commanders. Dennis, for those Commanders, no Carson Wentz, no Logan Thomas, a pretty messy backfield. Looks like Jahan Dotson may return. What are you expecting from the Commander offense? Well, I, Jahan Dotson tweaked his hamstring again in practice, and I feel like he may give it a go, but I think I'm not going to count on him. Um, and I saw Deami Brown was out. So that means it's going to lean back towards McLaurin and Samuel. Uh, there's, they're using Cole Turner, the rookie tight end. And they've got uh, – I forget who their other tight end uh, was that they, they were playing outside of uh, Bates, Logan Tom. Jeremy Bates. Huh? Yeah, Bates, John Bates. John Bates. So Bates is not overly athletic, but he, he – you know, he, he's a serviceable tight end. Uh, Turner is more of the athletic tight end. But to me, I think this team is a, you know, they know what they want to do with the running back. We think the running back is, position is a mess, but they've said we're going to start and we're going to run Brian Robinson, you know, uh, Antonio Gibson and uh, J.D. McKissick will get some touches. But to me, it looks like it's about a, uh, it's like a 50-30-20 kind of split with Robinson getting a 50%, Gibson 20 or 30, and, and uh, uh, McKissick 20. So, you know, their bigger issue is that they're going to Taylor Heineke in, instead of saying, what do we have with the rookie Sam Howell? Uh, to me, that that seems like not a great move. Um it you know, but you keep doing what you always done. You're going to get what you always got, I guess. Maybe in a couple of weeks when they're two and six, though. 
Go trot howl out. I am taking the Green Bay Packers. So am I. Same here. I'm also hoping not to have to watch any of that game. The 5-1 and one New York Giants surprisingly uh, rode underdogs at the 2-4 and four Jacksonville Jaguars. Dennis, we saw Wandale Robinson come back last week, caught a few passes and a touchdown. Are you any interest in throwing him in your lineup this week? You know, I think you throw him in as a gamble. He's a, a low-end flex at this point. Uh, he's got to get volume, and he didn't get – he you know, four targets – uh, three catches, 37 yards. If it wasn't for the touchdown last week, we'd barely be talking about him. Or our talk would be, please get him some more volume. Um, I, I like what Dayball is doing, but I, I think that Wandale has got some. Uh, he, he's got some ground to make up after being injured to start the season. So I, I like the ability and the explosiveness. But if I'm starting him, I'm starting him because I'm literally out of other options. Sometimes the best ability is availability and for the Giants. That's my lineups with Eno Benjamin. Matt, on the flip side, Trevor Lawrence started pretty strong but has struggled a little bit of late. But we're in a week where Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, and Matt Stafford are not available due to buys. Any interest in going back to the Trevor Lawrence experience? I mean, I, if you have to because of the buzz, I'm fine with it. I kind of push back on Trevor Lawrence has been good. I, I feel like he's been okay. I, I, I don't he, – he definitely had a great game one. And maybe we overinflated what we thought Jacksonville was going to be. I mean, he's only gone over 300 yards – 300 total yards, mind you. Not 300, he has not gone over 300 passing yards once this season. He's only gone over 300 total yards once. That was two weeks ago. We had 286 passing yards and I believe 20 something rushing yards. Um, he's definitely looked better. I think passing the ball looks more comfortable. Um, and he's definitely got a better touchdown to interception ratio at this point in time than he did last year. But I, I don't know that I, I think he's unfortunate. I think all of the, all of that entire QB class from 2021 is not good. And that's sad to say, because we got to, I thought some of the best quarterbacks that we were ever going to see in Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Um, but if you have to start him, I'd feel okay about it. If you grab Matt Ryan, like I did off the waiver wire, I'd feel much better about him if you could start him. But if you have to start Trevor Lawrence, like it's not a horrible, I actually think it is a bad matchup. The Giants defense has been good. So I take that all back. No, I would not feel comfortable starting Trevor Lawrence if you had to. The Jaguars, like many of the people that peaked in high school, might have peaked in week three. I am taking the Giants. Same. I'm going with the Jaguars. Oh, Dennis still has hope. It can be a dangerous thing. Speaking of dangerous thing, uh, we get to see the two and four Cleveland Browns at the three and three Baltimore Ravens. Matt, we know the Browns running game is good, but it has been a good matchup for passing teams uh, going up against this Ravens secondary. Are you expecting good things for Amari Cooper and David Njoku? Nope. I <laughs> Don't like believe it. in their quarterback. That's it. It's been it's been a great de- it's a great defense to pass against when you have a competent quarterback. I think they'll both be fine. I'm not expecting massive games from them. Um Njoku, who's been – I know he had like a 30-point game. Outside of that, he's been good. He's been getting like between 7 and 12 points every single week. I think he does exactly that. I think Amari Cooper will be fine, but I'm not expecting like a big game against 
uh, the Ravens secondary that like we've seen these number ones have against them. I think he'll be fine, but I, I'm not expecting a massive game. So the Ravens defense gives up top five fantasy points, receptions, and yards to wide receivers. So they're also looking forward to seeing Jacoby Brissett. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it's more a it's more a Jacoby Brissett concern than it is an Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's been amazing. I've I've gone from can't wait till the Browns cut him to maybe the Browns should bring him back next year. I just uh, Jacoby Brissett's just he's. I hate saying this, and maybe I'm letting my fandom get a little bit too much in the way here. The Browns could legitimately be uneffing defeated right now if it was not for Jacoby Brissett. And I know the defense is not the played defense, good as well. Yeah, yeah the, the defense has been defense. horrible, but. Jacoby Brissett has, outside of, I know he had like one good drive. I can't remember what game that was where he drove down the field and they won. Um, he's not been good. Uh, and so I don't expect him to elevate Amari Cooper, regardless of how bad the defense is. I mean, the Ravens' defense also gives up the third most receptions to running backs, so that makes me nervous about Nick Chubb. <laughs> I think Chubb will be fine. He's the one player. Well, him and Njoker are the players I feel comfortable starting every single week. Like, they're just in my lineup. I'm getting you that Amari Cooper jersey for Christmas. Dennis, on the flip side, on Monday. I mean, I'll never wear it, but I'll I'll appreciate it. He's going to be on the Browns longer than most of the other jerseys I have. So, (laughs) On uh, Monday, we talked about our concern for J.K. Dobbins based on uh, his performance. It turns out uh, he's still injured, going to be out four to six weeks now. We know the Browns are a friendly defense to rush on. how are you feeling about this Ravens offense? Do you think it's Kenyon Drake? Yeah, I think it, it is. I think he at least he gets the first shot. Um, they they like what they've seen when they had him in there. Uh, I think Gus Edwards is back this week or next week, so that may be problematic. He will not be back this week. So because they because he knows the system and he's always produced so. If you went out and blew a bunch of money, a bunch of your fab on Kenyon Drake this week, it may get dicey in a couple of weeks when Edwards gets back. You know, it's I, I what makes me probably most nervous about uh, Dobbins injury is the shares of Javante Williams that I've traded for with an eye towards next year. Uh, it, I, I was already looking at it like a. Uh, week eight or week 10 before I had any usefulness out of Williams. Now I may be looking at 2024. Um, but the Ravens tend to funnel their offense to just a few guys. It's Andrews. Um, it's one wide receiver. And with Bateman out, it's probably going to be uh, Devin DuVernay. Bateman is tracking to potentially return. He's been uh, listed as questionable. So I'm feeling okay. hopeful. Well, um, you know, and then it's going to be Lamar and the running back. It's, it's, there's not a lot of guys that give you fantasy points from the Ravens offense. Yeah. That being said, might be all you need is Lamar. I am, I'm taking the Ravens, two enigmatic teams here, but I'm taking the Ravens. So am I. Same here. Speaking of enigmatic teams, the four and two New York Jets at the two and four. Denver question marks. Dennis, Elijah Moore, not happy with his role, was excused from practice, and we've now been told will not play in this game. Is it a distraction? And with him pretty much being ruled out, is there a receiver uh, that interests you? So, wait, the guy they didn't use is a distraction? 
It's like, was he really there to begin with? That one target erased by penalty, you can't discount that. No, I, I feel I feel bad for Moore because we saw last year he's a good wide receiver. And I I don't know what makes a player decide he's gonna go, you know, Robbie Anderson and and get crazy. Salah doesn't seem like the type of guy that's gonna say, you know what, get out of here. I think Salah's looking at it and going, Look, it's a team sport and you gotta play your part. And some days your part is isn't exactly what you need, but there's a reason there's eleven of you out there. Um you know, I, I like Davis and I think that uh Zach Wilson kind of has a a connection with Corey Davis. Maybe it's just because because of injuries, um, he's had the most opportunity to develop chemistry with Davis just because he's been there longer. Um, but we'll see. It's it's Davis and then Garrett Wilson for me is kind of the pecking order this week. Yeah, I expect Sertain to travel with Garrett Wilson. Last week he traveled with Mike Williams. Apparently there is one Denver coach that listens to my complaints. Yeah. Matt? On Monday night, I learned that there was somebody that dislikes Melvin Gordon even more than I do, and that apparently is Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Melvin Gordon, three carries in the first half, was a spectator in the second half despite being healthy. Hackett says they're still planning to start Gordon this week. Latavius Murray's there. Mike Boone's there. What are you doing with this backfield, just avoiding it? I mean, if you can, yes. I think if you don't have a better option than Gordon, I'm fine starting him. I don't know if it was some kind of – what. I don't know what happened. It's, it's obviously not great. You would think if they really didn't want Gordon there, they would just try and trade him, and then leaving him on your bench is not the best way to showcase that he can still run the and not fumble the ball, which I know has been an issue for him. But if you want to trade him, you need to get him out there and showcase him a little bit, which I know, I don't, Matt, and you can probably answer this better than I can. I've heard their rumors are that they do want to trade him. So if that's the case, they're going to put him out on the field and show you, like, look, Melvin Gordon can still do this and then just rely on Latavius Murray and Boone moving forward. So I think if you're forced into starting him, you shouldn't feel horrible about it. But, like, I, if, if you have a choice between Melvin Gordon and multiple other running backs, I think I'd pivot away from Gordon right now. All your questions can be answered by the fact that the Broncos don't have a professional coach or general manager. That being said, FML, I'm taking the Broncos. I'm going Jets. I'm taking the Broncos as well. Oh, God. Well, solidarity, my friend. Uh, into another exciting afternoon game, the 1-3-1 and Houston Texans at the 1-4 and Las Vegas Raiders. Dennis, Aside from Damon Pierce, is there any Texan you're comfortable playing? You know, what happened to the good old days when we could count on a thousand yard, four touchdown, five touchdown season from Brandon Cooks? What did happen to it? Because my fantasy teams would like to know. I mean, maybe he comes on, but I don't know. It seems like uh, uh, it, it just is, it's been screwy with some of these old reliable guys like DJ Moore and, and Brandon Cooks. That being said, I'm comfortable starting Cooks as a flex, maybe even as my wide receiver three, uh, because the track record is there. It's not like he hasn't had a Julio Jones or A.J. Green kind of fall from grace. Uh, the team is kind of not very good, and they've found a running game. 
So while it's getting better, I I feel like Cooks has to provide that consistency. And while Mills has not necessarily gotten him the ball on a consistent basis, I think Cooks has done what he's supposed to. And I think that'll that'll start to catch up and, and it'll balance out. All I have to say, too, is the NFL heard us complain about only having three afternoon games and said, you want more afternoon games? Here's Broncos, Jets, Texans, Raiders. You know, just fill out your afternoon. On the flip side, Matt, we thought Devontae Adams might get a suspension because of the cameraman incident, but it looks like that will be delayed until however that gets adjudicated. We know that Carr and Adams have been frustrated and Darren Waller is out. Do you think – coming off a bye, they're due for a big week? Let's hope so. I mean, I, I don't think the issue has ever been Carr Adams. It's been your best friend, Josh McDaniels. And let's hope that he was able to put his ego aside a little bit here and figure that out. I do expect him to have a big game. It's really going to also come down to just how good this Texans defense is going to be against them. We've seen because the Raiders really just don't have any other options that they've been kind of bracket coveraging Devontae Adams are putting two defenders on him, so it kind of limits what he can do anyways. But I think everyone who who has a roster um, or has some you know, shares of Devontae Adams are really hoping that they figured it out over the bye. You calling McDaniels my best friend was hurtful, as is the fact that I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders too, but I, I think we're looking at another big Josh Jacobs game. Well... Matt, you always say that it's not good when there's a sweep just for you to kind of reverse jinx this. I'm going to take the Raiders as well. On to a battle of the AFC South, the 3-2-1 Indianapolis Colts at the 3-2 Tennessee Titans. Matt, the pass offense exploded in week six with Matt Ryan. Can he do it again? I think so. Now, granted, I believe he had to throw it like 800 times in that game to get to those fantasy points, and I think he might have to do that again here. Um, do we know if Taylor is playing? Jonathan I know Taylor is off the injury report. He oh, is playing. Thank the fantasy gods. Whether Frank Reich remembers he he's playing and or likes Deion Jackson now that he's seen him in action. That's a good point. Good point. But, uh, yeah, I think that he'll be fine. It, maybe it – I don't want to say it took a little bit of time for him to get in a groove here, Matt Ryan, but he's definitely looked better the past couple weeks. I think that continues, hopefully should only continue now that he's got the best running back in the, well, second best behind Nick Chubb running back in the NFL out there in Jonathan Taylor. I think Matt Ryan will be fine. Saquon Barkley has entered the chat on the uh, flip side. He can sit down right behind Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. On the flip side, Dennis, the Titans coming off of a bye. Still no Traylon Burks. Uh, you know, we know Derrick Henry is the focal point of their offense, but is there a receiver you like in Tennessee? I mean, Robert Woods is a flex at best. He's wide receiver 38 over the last two games. And while Tennessee wants to run the ball with Derrick Henry, they do have to pass it occasionally. And and I think uh, uh, Woods is the beneficiary of that but it's it's flex worthy at best and and uh you know if i'm looking at cooks or woods i'm starting cooks the titans won the first matchup between these two teams i don't think the colts can afford uh, can afford to get swept i'm taking the colts so am i same here 
a fairly interesting late window game. The Seattle Seahawks three and three at the Los Angeles Chargers four and two. Matt, Geno Smith, still a top seven quarterback in the NFL. Can he step up in this big matchup? Do I think he can? Yes. Do I expect him to? No. And I think that's more because I think Pete Carroll, now that he is, you know, by Rashad Penny taking one for the team and getting injured and showing Pete Carroll how good Kenneth Walker is because he didn't really want to play him. I think Steve... um, why am I calling him Steve Carell? It is Steve, Steve Carell. <laughs> Steve Carell has figured out. Michael Scott is yeah. running the Seahawks. He really is. He has, now that Pete Carroll has seen how good Kenneth Walker is, I don't think he's going to be able to help himself to run the ball now 70% of the time and try and play defense to win these games. I think Geno Smith will be fine, um, but I don't know that he's going to be out there, quote unquote, cooking like Russ couldn't. Um, I think that it's going to move back to a more run-heavy offense. Yeah, the Chargers' defense is bottom ten in uh, stats given up to running backs. It's gonna you're, you're looking at a big Kenneth Walker day, I think. Dennis, on the flip side, my Scott Fishbowl team and many other teams have been eagerly awaiting Keenan Allen's return to health. He is supposed to be a game time decision on Sunday. If he's a go, are you trusting him? Don't they have a buy next week? I believe they do, yes. Yeah, and and I thought I saw something. Keenan was given an interview at practice, and somebody said something about him not playing this week, and he kind of said, yeah, pretty much. Um, so I'm not expecting Keenan Allen to, to play. Um, I'm not counting on any Keenan Allen points. So, And that's kind of stinky with Josh Palmer out as well. Um, so you're looking at a big uh, a Mike Williams, a DeAndre Carter, and a um, uh, Austin Eckler game. I kind of liked, like it's the wrong word. I was impressed by DeAndre Carter and some of what he was doing, so maybe that'll be good. I am taking the Chargers. Me too. Same here. So we've had a couple of great Sunday night football games in a row, and now we have this week's game. We were due. The two and four Pittsburgh Steelers heading to battle the three and three Miami Dolphins. Dennis, uh, we saw the the Steelers actually get some some good passing games from Mitch Trubisky when he came in in relief last week. But it looks like Kenny Pickett is cleared and will be back out there. Can he keep the momentum going for this pass offense? Well, uh, to me, I think the real question is, what does he do with the running game? Because the the so Miami is. Uh, good against the run, but they give up a lot of production to running backs through the air. So then you add in George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool. It's shaping up to be a very pass-heavy day for Kenny Pickett. Um, I, I don't, you know, with a rookie quarterback, I'm not really comfortable saying go throw it 45, 50 times, but it feels like that's the kind of game we're looking at. Pickett's playing with Moxie. Um, we'll see. You know, George Pickens has been making big plays. Uh, Deontay Johnson has been playing. Uh, and and Chase Claypool um, needs to go find that dog and get some dog in him. Uh, but, you know, Jalen Warren pops off a little bit. We saw last year that Najee Harris is, is a good pass-catching running back. 
and they're just not using him like that this year. But this defense shapes up to allow that to be the game plan. It just is going to come down to whether Mike Tomlin decides, hey, I'm going to take what they're giving me or I'm going to try to do, you know, Najee Harris up the middle 47 times. I know you said you're not too wild about 45 pass attempts for a rookie quarterback. How do you think Mike Tomlin feels? Also phrasing. When you say you want to do Najee Harris up the middle, it's a little, a little phrasing. Hey, you know, it worked for Chris Collinsworth a couple of weeks ago. Well, <laughs> On the flip side, Matt, after a couple of weeks off and uh, finally admitting that he did indeed black out and get knocked out, Tua is back. How do we feel about his return and what does it mean for a Dolphins team who's lost three straight? Uh, I mean, I think they're probably going to win the game. I, I don't know how much it means for Tua, especially coming back against his defense. If this is a different team, maybe I'd feel a little bit better about him. Uh, we know, I mean, Mike McDaniels has been amazing in calling plays. He's a great head coach. So I think they'll figure out ways to scheme the ball to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, as he has done all season. Uh, but I'm not expecting a massive game from Tua in his first game back against a good Steelers defense. I am taking the Dolphins. So am I. Give me Pigsburg. I don't like saying that. Well, if you thought the Sunday night football game was fun, welcome to Monday night. The two and four Chicago Bears at the three and three New England Patriots. Matt, we've seen the Chicago Bears pass offense pick it up a little bit the last few weeks. Are you getting more comfortable considering playing some of the pieces of that pass offense? No. No. Uh, I would love to say yes, because I love Justin Fields, and I really like Darnell Mooney, but no. Uh, I need to see it for like three, four, five, six weeks in a row before I really feel comfortable about playing anybody outside of David Montgomery, unfortunately. And what makes it worse is, while I know New England has not been the New England of old, that defense has still been good. Uh, I don't think that uh, you complain about how bad Nathaniel Hackett is. I think you could put, is it Matt Eberflus, right? I don't even yeah. know. He doesn't deserve a name how bad he's you know, been as well. You, you mentioned that. The three Packers offensive coaches that moved on, Hackett and out and went to Denver, and Getze went to be the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator. Man, it's, it's, it's like these guys are riding the coattails of a Hall of Fame quarterback or something and getting credit for how good a Packers offense has been. I, Yeah, I, I don't um, – I, I do think it's it's definitely looks promising, but I'm not betting on Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney going out there and having a great game against I, – I still believe a good New England Patriots defense. Like, I'm, I'm forced to start Mooney in a spot. And I'm hoping he just gets me like 10 or 11 points, which may be possible. He's caught a couple big plays the past couple of weeks, but I'm not banking on it. Maybe it's the Nikhil Harry revenge game that we've none of us have been waiting for. Maybe he's got to catch the ball first, but possible. Dennis, on the flip side, they said if Mac Jones is able to go, he will start despite the fact that Sunday Night Football used Bailey Zappi in their promo graphic last week. If Jones is out there, how are you feeling? And my other question is, we saw Tyquan Thornton. Uh, you know, he's he's been getting involved since he came back the past two weeks. Got a rushing and passing touchdown last week. I unironically had to pick him up and start him in the league. Tell me I should feel better about that decision. Well, Thornton brings a skill set to the table that the other wide receivers don't. Parker is a big possession wide receiver. 
Um, Jacoby Myers is a bigger slot wide receiver. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, similar to what Thornton does, just has butter sticks for hands. So, and he's old and can't stay healthy. So I like what Thornton does. I think he brings an aspect to the team that's sorely needed. Um, but I, you know, Mac Jones is, is who Mac Jones is. He's a conservative by nature quarterback in a conservative by nature offense that will take big plays as they come, but they're going to ride uh, Ramondre Stevenson against an undermanned Chicago Bears team. This this is shaping up to be a 13-3 to game. I'm taking the Patriots. I'm also taking uh, the the odds that I let my wife put nine one one on to watch that uh, instead of making her watch this game. Paul is a big fan of that show as well. Yeah, Patriots for me. Fighting Justin Fields, baby. If not now, when? All I can say is not now, never. But you know, I I I never looked for the Manning cast harder than last Monday night when I was getting depressed watching Denver. I thank God they're back this week um, because at least that brings some levity, some guests. That'll be a good way to ring it out. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Dennis and I will be back on Monday looking at all the highlights uh, of the games and um, preparing ourselves to endure Monday night football. Until then, Dennis, what should the people do? They should rate. They should review, download, listen, listen live. Come join us. Talk. We love your comments. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!